0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 75 of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, welcome to all you new and first-time listeners out there. All right, we have another fun show for you. So today, we're going to do things a little differently, and it'll be a treat if you're really into tango music. Today's episode is going to focus on the inner workings of a tango music group, my guests are Max Field Wallum Fisher and Brett Lemley. They are part of Da Capo Tango Ensemble based in Washington, D.C. So that song you're hearing right now, that is Da Capo Tango Ensemble playing a lovely rendition of the famous song La Biruta. Good stuff. And with me now are Max Field Wallam Fisher and Brett Lemley. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Great to have you with us.
1: Thank hey, you Joe. Very good much. to be back.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Max is a cellist, and you may remember him as my guest on episode 46. And Brett is a bandoneon player with an accomplished background in playing the trumpet as well. So, Brett, we'll start with yes. you. How did you become interested in tango music? I started dancing back in 2007, I would
2: mm. say, 2007, 2008. And then, um, of course, I was I was a musician back then, but just getting into dancing, I learned some swing, I learned some salsa, and then I found tango, and then, you know, tango was it. As far as the music goes, I was sort of vaguely interested in it, but uh, there's not a whole lot of trumpet in tango. There's, mm-hmm. you know, the Can- Canaro <laughs> band has a couple, you know, had a, 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 had a trumpet player, and it was a little bit, but not too much. Uh-huh. So, I enjoyed listening, but i didn 't really think i'd get a chance to play until Corey Ireland showed up and started the orchestra back in two thousand and ten in washington d c so we have a we 've had a tango orchestra in d c since two thousand and ten okay and then a year later, it was time for him to ramble on and he uh He asked me if I would take over as the director of the orchestra and so I did and then a few years after that I started playing bandonian, yeah
0: wow wow yeah. So what was it like picking up that instrument I call it the uh, the the most
2: musically infuriating experience I have ever had <laughs> I went from playing an instrument that is you know there's a logic to it it's based on mm-hmm. it's based on certain physical concepts and all that kind of stuff and if you do this this sound will come out and all that sort of thing and I went from that to the Bandonian, which is notoriously difficult to play. Yeah. What I like to say is, it took me about six months before I could play "Come to Jesus" in whole notes. I mean, it was <laughs> really,
0: really hard. Wow. Wow. So, so Max, I know we we spoke um, a while back, but why don't you recap again how you got into tango music?
2: You
1: know, I came to it actually through the music. Growing up as a cellist. Uh, you you play a lot you end up playing a lot of bass lines mm-hmm. you know and you want to play big melodies and, and mm-hmm. lyrical melodies because your instrument can mm-hmm. and by the time i was i was in college and i i'd come to terms with feeling the importance of a cool bass line, and uh, I had managed to get to play a lot of melodies, but I was still, you know, I like to be over the top with all of that. Yeah. And tango as a music combines that. It has these um, this amazing rhythmic drive, and it has these totally amazing melodies, and mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff. And so, you know, a lot of for a lot of music that you grow up listening to is what you really connect with. And I didn't necessarily grow up with tango, but when I started to hear it and I started to play it, it I just felt at home, nice. you know. Nice. And I was in college, I was in Indiana, and there was a sort of Little golden era in Southern Indiana of great tango music and dancing, Mm -hmm. and everyone else was way older than me and way less from Wisconsin, (laughs) and (laughs) but they needed a cellist, you know. So I was really in the right place at the right time, and they suggested I start dancing, and I said, "Sure, sounds great." So I kind of got into that around the same time, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just got to play with some really great musicians and start dancing. And then I moved to Madison, Wisconsin, to do graduate school, so I could. You know, play scales and do tango and cello with integrity. Mm-hmm. And I, I met this guy named Joe Yang. He was my teacher. <laughs> there were, <laughs> there were, <laughs> the class. I lived, I think, four blocks from the music school, yep. and my tango classes were halfway between them. Yeah. Perfect. So it was, it was very convenient for practicing yeah. <laughs> cello and practicing tango. Perfect,
0: perfect.
1: And you know, then I lived outside New York, and I played with musicians there, mm-hmm. and I've. Um, it's just every, the more, the deeper I get into it, the more I feel attached to it. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. So. so how did Da Tango Ensemble start? Uh, Max, <laughs> go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so when I moved to Madison, mm-hmm. I had this idea that I was just going to put my head down and practice for two years. But I missed tango music too much. So I started my first group that I started called East Motango Trio. Yeah. And that was when I started making arrangements and doing things. And the community in Madison was extremely friendly. I don't Maybe they didn't have a choice. It's Wisconsin. It's a small community. Um, but what was amazing about that is they, they let me play whatever I wanted, and then I could watch their reaction to the music. I could watch them dance to the different pieces and the different ways that I arranged things. Mm-hmm and i could see what worked and i could i could also see what didn't and get feedback on that as well and that was the beginning of my my adventures in in organizing and, and running groups and events and I, I lived then outside new york and then in in dc and when i got to dc i i joined the community tango orchestra here the group Brett was just talking about Mm -hmm. and I think that's so cool Tango is such a it's such a sort of in the US grassroots kind of concept and um, it's an amateur thing that people join and that community orchestra is the same thing we we People come into it and and then it's an avenue forward into so much great tango music. Mm-hmm. So I was here, I was I was playing in that and I really wanted to get back to having my own sort of smaller, you know, professional group that I got to arrange and create mm-hmm. events for and things. And there just came this time where I the right people were there. Brett was there. Annie Solera was in the orchestra playing bandoneon, but she was also playing piano. Um so she started as a pianist and now she plays Bandignon. We have two bandoneons, which awesome. is awesome and they're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then which is also awesome and you know, there are so few bandoneons to have right. two who can really, you know, play mm-hmm. and who work on being better who are professional
2: musicians is kind of just a total luxury. Yeah. Yes, and we we can both play Come to Jesus in whole notes now, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, you both work hard. It's cool. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, what can I say? It's it's, it's awesome. And the the level of abandonion and tango has risen in this city. It's risen around the country, and the two of you are are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then a violinist, Patricia Meyer, who I Patty, who I mm-hmm. knew through a combination of roommates and summer camps, basically, mm-hmm. fantastic violinist. Uh, she was, I, I was teaching with her and she really wanted to play tango and had, had come into tango. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Valerie, who's, who is also a pianist who came up through the orchestra mm-hmm. and, and the professional pianist. And, and she came in a little bit later, but it, it just kind of came together so we could play the repertoire.
0: Yeah. Nice. So, so you just sort of said, Hey, let's, let's start up. I'm starting a band. Let's, let's get this group, this crew together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew
1: everybody personally by yeah. that point. I don't know. Do you remember it differently, Brett? I think that's kind of how we.
0: Uh,
2: basically, rolling. after rehearsal one night, uh, Max came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, something along the lines of, would you be interested in playing some small group stuff?" And I said, "Sure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always open to to trying new things and trying and failing and trying again." And, uh, and Max wrote some nice arrangements, so we got together, and, and yeah, the rest is history. O- originally, it was Max and me and Patty, and Amy was playing piano, mm-hmm. and then at one point, Amy got really, really, really into the bandonian and decided she wanted to focus all of her time, and at that point, mm-hmm. Max uh, asked uh, Valerie to, to play, and now we're, now we're a quintet. Nice. nice. Yeah.
1: And of course, also Stratos uh, Stratos mm. comes down, the singer from New York. Oh, yeah. Whenever you know, it's not easy to afford tango music, and he's an incredible um, mm-hmm. singer. But whenever we can scrounge up a train fare for him down from New York, he comes and, and sings with us. Wow, as well. that's
0: great. So, what was your first time practicing together as the copla tango? How did that go? Hey.
2: Do you remember Brett?
0: Uh, Well, I remember it
2: was an incredibly stressful day for me Mm. because there, you know, it's not to just keep harping on the same subject, but it's I, I am as a professional trumpet player, I am accustomed to walking in and sight reading whatever is put in front of me Mm. like you want you want me to play this incredibly complicated thing okay no problem and you know I came into this rehearsal feeling like I was the worst musician in the room Mm. and just (laughs) feeling that that's sort of like the stress of that And, and as I've gotten more accustomed to the group and more accustomed to the instrument of course I feel a lot more comfortable but of this one. is this is a band leader telling you this. I mean, yes. Brett, yeah. <laughs> Brett yeah.
1: has led many many uh, a swing band, many a jazz, many yeah. all kinds yeah. of music, many yeah. high school bands, all kinds of things, and and he's led a tango band. He's led yeah. a
2: complex community orchestra, which comes with a lot of challenges. Yeah. yeah. So know, I'm, as but, a band leader. Yeah. So I guess the the point I'm trying to make is I'm accustomed to being one of the best in the room, mm-hmm. and then you know feeling like I like I'm the guy that has to catch up. But, aside from that, I mean the chemistry between the musicians mm-hmm. has been has been really really good and it's it's been a really enjoyable experience nice. yeah
1: the The first time we i don't remember our first rehearsal, I hate to say, I do remember our first gig, the first time we played okay. at a cafe in mm-hmm. uh, in silver Spring outside d c here mm-hmm. uh, I was really interested in creating events in food spaces, mm-hmm. not food spaces, but not just in sort of sterile dance spaces because that's how I came Addison and even in New York that's where I found myself most comfortable where I was able to actually meet people versus the intensity of just being in a room with a dance floor and some chairs and that's a lot <laughs> yeah. as, a, as you know as a, especially as someone who doesn't know people you know mm-hmm. um, so creating a certain kind of atmosphere was was a part to me of creating successful live tango mm-hmm And so the venue, it was smaller, it was more compact, and it was uh, middle of December, I want to say. Yeah, it was. And we had a ways to go at the time in terms of being good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that. Sometimes I go back, and there are a couple of videos of it that were taken, and I'm like, oh, my God, we sounded like that? We played this piece that <laughs> that's way? The, oh, that's geez. the
2: downside. That's the downside of social media, man, because, it, you know, <laughs> we come out, and we're having a good time, and we're yeah. playing, and the audience is digging it. I mean, they're just loving the fact that we're playing tango in a coffee shop and people are dancing on yeah. this concrete concrete floor, and it was just mm-hmm. this, this amazing vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of, of locals who love to take pictures and videos and stuff, this one guy in particular who loves to take live video, and we had to tell him please don't, because <laughs> because we're not there yet, you know. And so, well, and so a couple of people didn't get that memo, and they mm. they you know they, they posted a couple of videos, which again you know to a to a a, a non musician, right? They're looking at it and they're like, man, hey, live tango, that's really cool. And mm. and we look at it, and we're like, oh my god, that was so terrible. Uh, which, <laughs> I well, wish I could it's... forcibly remove that from YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it speak... Seriously, that. It,
1: it speaks, though, people, rem... I talked to people, and mm-hmm. they remember that particular event. There were, I think, about 80 people there, and yeah. I don't know yeah, was where they came from. A few people just kind of told other people to go to this thing, which mm-hmm. I'm to this day grateful for mm-hmm. and the vibe there it was different it was unique for the city mm-hmm. and um windows it was cold outside you know and there was just this warmth and this connection mm-hmm. on the inside and we all felt that regardless of how much practicing we still had to do yeah, yeah. and <laughs> everything I think we've done since then was was built on that feeling
2: mm-hmm. so oh yeah and it was great.
1: I, I really do remember
2: yeah, and it was very confirming of the, the, the idea that, that people really do want live music. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. I've had people, you know, with the with the community orchestra, people have come up to me after we're finished playing and, and said, Hey, are you gonna guys gonna do another set? And at first, you know, we literally played all of the music we had in the book at the time, right? Mm. We don't have any other tunes to play, mm-hmm. and they're like, we don't care. You could just play that set again. We don't care. We just want the band to play again. That was wow. that was you know that was great.
0: Yeah. So
2: it's there's there's a there's a feeling you know that that people really really dig about having a live band. Mm-hmm. So it was I, it was very very cool and very confirming of yeah. of what we're doing.
1: And I want to say we're better now.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes <laughs> we are.
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like to be able to practice more. Every musician wants to be able to practice more, but right. we hadn't played for a little while. We hadn't performed for a little while, mm-hmm. and we we were able to play at a milonga a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I was stressed out, you know, the logistics of getting everything set up, and right. I wasn't running the milonga, but I still have all this tech and, you know, all the mm-hmm. equipment and stuff. I'm setting it all up, and things are going okay, and I, I, I was worried because we hadn't performed in a while and all mm-hmm. of these things, and I was, you know, you can hear it in my voice. I was just stressed.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and and we sat down and we started to play the first tune. <laughs> and then we played the second tune. And I just remember totally relaxing and mm. thinking, My God, I really love this music. <laughs> every every yeah. everything yeah. aside. And the band it was we were together mm-hmm. and and everyone else, they they had been in their own heads, but we we were there. And I think there were we ca- the the organizers told me there were about 120 people there. Wow. And I I didn't even know all of them, you know. It was mm-hmm. just, they just kind of happened to to be there, which was great. Mm-hmm. And it was just I just loved tango music, and I you know, I love playing it with people that I love, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was it was I just love being there in that moment with that great. connection.
0: Great, yeah. yeah yeah now I saw a clip of you guys playing at the cafe now you might have been cringing at the sound that you guys are <laughs> I, I i couldn't I can't tell the difference i'm I'm not as trained in hearing tango music as you are so what are some things that people should listen for let's say when a live band for, is playing are the mistakes no.
1: <laughs> spoken like a true and young player what when I'm at uh, when we run the the Indiana the Tango mm. workshop there for yeah. musicians, I always the first day announce a moratorium on self-deprecation by bandoneon players. Oh, uh, which, it which usually we promptly lasts, ignore. Yeah, it usually lasts <laughs> twenty seconds. But sorry, back to the back yeah, to the yeah. question. Mm-hmm. We didn't mean to derail you there.
0: No, it's all right. Well, yes. Brad, what
1: do you What do you yeah. think
2: is people mm-hmm. listen for in live music? What do which you th- should people listen for? what we what should we listen for Mm -hmm. well okay so so max and i both have a sort of a side hobby of teaching musicality to dancers Mm -hmm. and um my main thing when i first teach somebody how to listen to tango is to listen down Mm -hmm. and to not listen you're going to hear the melody whether you like it or not because the melody is on top of all that sound right Mm -hmm. yeah so you don't have to specifically listen to the melody the rhythm that the that the folks are dancing to is actually underneath that, mm. and so that sort of underlying rhythm that we actually move to, and every and band and you'll hear the whole
1: phrase in that too.
2: Yes, yeah, you will. And every, it's not just the beat. Yeah, and every band does that sort of accompanying underlying figure in a different way. So Di Sarli treats it differently mm-hmm. from Darienzo and Darienzo treats it differently from Canaro and Canaro treats it differently from yada 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 all, all the way down the line. Mm-hmm. So what I like to say is that people that are interested in figuring out, you know, how do I tell the difference between, between the various orchestras, best way to do that is to listen underneath the melody. Mm-hmm. And you start finding that people, that the different bands treat that, the underlying figures uh, differently. Mm-hmm. And so in our group, you know, when we're playing a piece, we're always saying, okay, are we, are we approaching this like Darienzo or are we approaching this like Di Sarli? What's mm-hmm. our, you know? Mm-hmm. And that informs everything that we do. Because I'll even play the melody differently if I'm playing, if I'm trying to channel Di Sarli. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, and that that starts even before we start playing. I mean, Brett makes a lot of the arrangements now, which is amazing because mm-hmm. I can work less, and he's really good at <laughs> arranging. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, and it starts from when you make the arrangement. You think about usually it's it starts being based on a particular orchestra's arrangement, and mm-hmm. you. Th- you think about, depending on the arrangement, depending on the mood we're in when we make the arrangement, are we are we recreating that orchestra? Are we putting our own, you know, side to it? Mm-hmm. Our, and what is the balance of that? And uh, that so that starts before we even come to rehearsal to learn the piece. And even if we create something that's totally de capo, which isn't even a thing, because mm-hmm. it um, no that's not possible for any band at the end of the day you're still coming from that that history of of options of, <laughs> right. of how tango sounds you know you're building something from the 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 rich rich history and wealth of of options of what tango can be and then and then putting uh channeling that into your own playing and
0: your own mm. arrangement mm. Nice. So what are some of the unique qualities of you and your bandmates that really make Decapo Tango Ensemble work? Oh, good question. Well, I think
2: uh, I'll speak to Max for just a second, mm-hmm. and, and then he can uh, tell me if he, if, if he thinks I'm wrong. But Max brings a... I mean, he, he's the catalyst for this. Mm-hmm. So he's the guy that brings the energy and the enthusiasm... And the organization, I mean, I wouldn't have thought to, you know, bring the, the, the band to a coffee shop and, you know, that sort of thing. And then we also have a a mix of personalities. I think what I probably bring is just an openness to, to trying different things. Mm-hmm. And just, I'll, I'll try it, and I don't mind, you know, messing up a couple dozen times before I get it right. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. And then, Amy, we also have somebody who's decided that she wants to dedicate her life or at least, you know, this portion of her life at this point to studying tango. I mean, it's a real diverse group of energies in the band. It's really, 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 really interesting. Mm -hmm. Max, what do you think? I think that's
1: exactly right. I think everyone is there because they want to be there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You can't... I mean, I couldn't start a professional tango ensemble with this level of musicians Mm -hmm. based on money, Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. it's important to me that everyone gets paid. That's yeah. extremely important, and that mm-hmm. people who come to see us value what, the idea of live music and what goes into yeah, it. Absolutely. And that's a, a big part of how I try to structure things, so people mm-hmm. are aware of that, but that it's still accessible. But at the same time, when you look at, at the musicians, everyone's there because they want to be, because mm-hmm. they love the music, mm-hmm. and because they're interested in playing it the best version that they can at this moment in this city, you know. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the moment in the city, everyone in the orchestra in their own way has a connection to that. So Tango is very personal. Mm -hmm. And what initially when people came, when I said at that first event we had 80 people, Mm -hmm. people came because they knew us and they trusted us Mm -hmm. and they weren't sure what was about to happen, you know. We had... Several of us, most are dancers, and and we have spent much time hugging a lot of the people who then came to hear us play. Oh,
2: yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, an interesting way so, of putting it. I like it.
1: I mean, tango is yeah, about
2: connection. Right, Whenever
1: right. I've had yeah. a successful tango event, when I was in Madison in 2014 mm-hmm. and we ran a festival and people showed up, mm-hmm. it's because I went to every community – that I could find in a three-state radius. Mm -hmm. And I went to their events, and I hugged them and danced with Mm -hmm. them for a while. And then I said, hey, this thing that's going to have live music and be a little different is about to happen. Mm -hmm. And the same thing was true with the band. That's how we started, and that's how we continue. Now, when I go and dance with people, they'll say, I really loved this song you played last month. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. And it deepens connection. It deepens conversation about tango and it deepens the experience of it. And I think that's really one of the great things about live music is it expands one's human connection mm-hmm. with each other and with the history, moment, and future of tango.
0: Mm-hmm. you know So your group, you have the rare luxury of having two bando neon players. so yes, how does how do you make that work? what what are some what are some things that you can do that other people can't? <laughs> I can um, probably
1: speak to that yeah, I can, uh, we yes. can sound super baller because we have <laughs> we have two bandoneons. Okay, <laughs> I mean no. When when we started, you know, originally Brett played bandoneon and it was mm-hmm. great, and um and when we started to have two, the the oomph to the articulation, the weight okay. of the sound of the bandoneon exploded in a mm-hmm. good way. Mm-hmm. I thought I just just it added this this weight and level of energy that I thought was great. Brett, what do you think? You, you guys figure out how it all works. You know? Right,
2: so, mm. yeah, so everything that Max just said is true. Mm-hmm. It gets better as Amy and I get better because mm-hmm. when, so when we first started the band, you're aware that the, the, the band has has keyboards on both sides of the instrument, so it's right. a two-hand instrument. Mm-hmm. Well, I was playing one-handed at the time because that's all I could handle. Mm-hmm. And so as I got better, then the the other hand started getting involved and that creates more sound mm. and then we add a second player and at first she's playing one-handed and now she's playing two-handed and now we're both playing two-handed so now we have the possibility of a lot more sound coming out of coming out of each instrument mm. so one thing that you're going to hear with a lot of Tango bands in the in the us mm-hmm. is that the Bandonian players, just by virtue of the fact that we're not in Buenos Aires and and hardly anybody's taking private lessons and mm-hmm. we, we're busy people, we don't have a whole lot of time to practice, so yeah. the 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 instrument is not that present in in the sound. Mm-hmm. And so if you have two people who are able and excited about practicing and getting better and all that, the amount of sound that we can put out is considerable. Yeah, you know? I, I want to
1: interject there that both of my two people, my, my people, well, both of the band <laughs> of Jonas I'm, I'm luck, luck, lucky to get to play with, uh, practice yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and they still had those challenges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brett can respond to this statement however he wants to, but the two of them bounce off of each other. When one oh, of yeah, them exactly. learns and gets better at something, uh, the other then wants to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's oh, the yeah. same as when I teach seven year old Suzuki cello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they see the other person doing it and it it gets so much better so i've really been delighted to watch both of them go oh, yeah. so for being nice musicians mm-hmm. to really just it's not about competition but it is about right, right. the shared experience of the instrument and what they both learn individually but has a huge impact on the other person mm. and that's that's pretty cool
2: yeah oh yeah it makes a it makes a big difference and it, one learns a lot faster along with somebody than by oneself even mm, if it's not yeah. a competitive thing yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know
2: so, and they're both taking lessons they're both
1: practicing in various different ways and it's mm-hmm. it's really fun for me to i'll sit down in a rehearsal and i'll just i'll hear some line in in the left hand and i'll be like oh, i never heard that before that was awesome oh, cool. you know? <laughs> yeah yeah
0: nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah yeah Okay. So I have more of a kind of a technical question about how tango bands work. Now my, my background. So I used to be a cellist when I was a little kid and my only exposure to, to music was classical was, was that setup. And when yes. I first started, yeah, when I first started taking tango classes and then I remember one night there was um, a live tango group, which I'd never seen before. And then one thing that went through my mind was, oh my God, there's no conductor so right yeah so how does how does a a tango band function without a conductor
1: i i think of tango as extreme chamber music okay uh, Um,
0: yeah
1: it it depends on the ensemble is is the the easy answer because different tango you have a bigger orchestra it's different from you know a small group Uh, when I started tango, I was a, mostly playing chamber music a, as a classical musician, mm-hmm. which is conductorless, and it's all about breathing and being present with the musicians around you so you can match articulations and ideas. Mm-hmm. And tango, I was less familiar with the articulations, and uh, to me it just seemed like chamber music on steroids in that sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we are, f- I would say, free from some uh, sort of classical. Restrictions or conventions, mm-hmm. um, so we can count off out loud. I can, you know, tap my foot. I can stand up and yell or do the <laughs> Darienzo loca, you know, uh, yeah. thing. Which most of that's for show, you know, right. but it's it's fun. Mm. And and of course Brett can speak, he conducts the, the, the community orchestra, mm-hmm. right. which involves a lot more personalities, a lot more people, and right. and levels of playing and putting all that together, so I would, I'd be curious your response to that, Brent.
2: Oh, sure, yeah. Well, mm. there's a difference, so so in in a dance band, in any kind of a dance band, whether mm-hmm. it's tango, or big band, or a salsa band, or whatever, the most, the absolute most important thing is the groove. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I can't get a groove from watching somebody flap his arms. Right. You know, if they're if they're <laughs> if, if you know if right. somebody's conducting me, that doesn't help me find the groove. Mm-hmm. The the groove is coming from the other musicians in the band. So, it's uh, in any kind of a dance band, uh, a conductor is actually a distraction. We're all just listening to each other, and creating the groove as a group and again so that also speaks back to the stylistic thing because again the groove of Di Sarli or, or Canaro is two totally different things mm-hmm. so yeah. you know if we're, we're talking to each other okay this is a Biaggi thing mm-hmm. okay we're yeah. gonna create that groove together by listening to each other mm. that's a great point yeah. that, that sort of thing so a dance band is a if they're doing it right if they're mm-hmm. doing it well if they're creating a groove then that's a band that is intensely listening to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's good. So I you know, the, the conductor can go have a sandwich for all I care.
1: <laughs> I mean, I could say that about Beethoven too, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I think that's one of the things when I was saying I sat down the other day and we hadn't played together for a little while and, and it was mm-hmm. it just went was that we yeah. we had all our characters came together and it, it did groove and we were tight. Mm-hmm. And I, I just loved that. And that's maybe yeah. part of what we had the vibe, but not the groove in the first gig, you know, which is almost right. like coming
0: up on two years here.
1: You know, okay. so, no, that's
0: true. It that's seems,
1: true. seems like a millennium, but it's
0: actually really not even that long. So. Wow. Yeah. How often do you all get together to practice?
2: That's not an important question. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, the answer to that for any band is, is not often enough. Yeah. yeah. We, we yeah, do people rehearse. People ask that question a lot. Just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Joe. Well, it's, a, it's the problem of there being five busy musicians. Right. I, it, it would be lovely if we could get together every Saturday for like four or five hours and barbecue in the backyard and, mm-hmm. and play some tango, but it's, we, don't, we don't get a chance to get together that often. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and we all live pretty far apart.
2: That's right. um, mm-hmm.
1: and, true. And, but that's what comes with having five people who want to be there. Is, is they want to be there and they need to eat food. I mean, if, <laughs> if someone would like to establish an endowment that we can get together and have something of an income and practice and perform, that would make my life, you know.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, let's get started on that. I like that yeah. idea.
1: <laughs> Again, they want to be there. I don't pay them enough, yeah. but it's important to me that, that, that we all, like, understand that concept. Like, they are giving a lot Mm-hmm. to show up to this event and it's not even the same as showing up to play a wedding for which they would be paid a lot more for right, right. because because it's both time commitment they're rehearsing and practicing music that is specific very very specific to mm-hmm. what we're doing right. it's like like brett said he can show up and sight read anything on the trumpet that's not what this is you right. know we have rehearsed the uh, we've learned our parts on our instruments we've Made half the arrangements ourselves, or, or mm-hmm. tracked them down somewhere. Right. We've then come together to rehearse and decide, like Brett was saying, what kinds of articulations are we using mm-hmm. in a piece, or at a certain point in a piece, so mm-hmm. that dancers can connect to it. You know, it's the difference between playing Parisia, you know, off off the grill, or right. you know, sort of improvised tango. Mm-hmm. Which can be cool and we're running some jam Brett's running some jam sessions here in DC now is a which is a it's very cool, it's an entry point, you know, and it's a way for people to come together and connect in a different way. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing is in our in our group
0: yeah.
1: and really in the community orchestra as well, mm-hmm. is building very specific arrangements for people to to hear, to reference things that they know and to be new. So putting all of that together and then showing up for a sound check waiting for an hour and a half or two of DJed music and mm-hmm. then performing two sets and then the night goes on all of that is a huge time commitment right. and I'm grossly underpaying my musicians <laughs> <laughs> right wow. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a lot, it's yeah. a lot so I appreciate the yeah. that these people can come together. Yeah. Uh, one totally off topic little story though that from the yeah. last gig that I really appreciated, we hadn't played for a long time, mm-hmm. and we got some of the ends of some of our pieces we play with, you know, especially the malangas have mm. different kind of rhythms and things, you know, that we've made our own, yeah. and we got to the end of, what's the first milonga we played, Brett, do you remember? I, I don't remember. It was, uh, Silhouette Portena, yeah, mm. we got to the end of it, and we have a sort of our own ending,
2: and it's...
1: <laughs> different from what you expect okay and this couple in front of me like they finished and we finished and one of them made some comment and the other one said yeah that's what they do at the end of that piece and i just <laughs> loved it because because nice. we hadn't played for these people for like i don't know four or five months mm-hmm. and right. they were this yeah. guy like remembered that that was how we finished it ah i just made my made my night
0: that's awesome yeah, Off topic,
1: <laughs> but a story i wanted i wanted to I forget mm-hmm. how he phrased it. It was like, yeah, they do that. And I was like. <laughs> 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 but it was very specific to the piece. He's like, they do it on that
2: one. Like, he knew what was going to happen. Right. And she oh, that's didn't. right. I remember and that. Made they mind. were right in front of us. Right in front of us, yeah. They were right yeah. in front of us. And he knew yeah. that ending because it's, a, it's it, like you said, it's different. And he led it, right? Mm-hmm. He, 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 did. Led, yeah. he led that rhythm that we play that nobody else plays. Yeah. Wow. So she he actually knew what was coming,
0: oh. yeah.
2: which was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So what are what are some goals you have for the band or new ideas you have? Really- World
2: domination.
0: We are
1: <laughs> not falling apart. Uh, t- you know, I love the hashtag more tango. My goal is to play tango mm-hmm. as much as I can and to play good tango mm-hmm. as much as I can. We're going to play it and to present it in a way that people can participate in it as well. Mm -hmm. I love playing for milongas. I love playing repertoire that you wouldn't play in milongas in non-milonga settings. Mm -hmm. But I I think Brett and I probably both share the goal of more live music as a staple part Mm -hmm. of any tango community. Okay. Right, so I can we can talk about world domination. We're we're really we're looking forward. We're gonna go up to Boston and play at the the Loca Tango Marathon there in, in May. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That's fun, and I, I would love to be to be on tour playing tango around the world. Yeah. I also love being a part of my tango community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, being something, creating, uh, reliable live tango music mm-hmm. in in a community. So that right. to me is
2: important.
0: Nice. What about original compositions? Oh, good question.
2: So I've got a couple of little ideas that I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, the the trick is there's a there's a certain sound mm-hmm. that is associated with Tango. Mm-hmm. And it it's difficult to create a new composition in an old style and make it sound uh, I guess I, I'm trying to avoid the feeling of nostalgia. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, yeah. Like. Like, but at the same time, I'm trying to create something that feels like what we dance to, mm-hmm. but doesn't feel like I'm just harkening back to the good old days. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I've got a couple of sketches that I'm that I'm playing around with, and um, we'll see we'll see what happens.
0: Okay
1: i look forward yeah. to those. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I, I tried to... I t- I'm not a composer, really. Mm. I tried... I, I write some for, like, a folk rock band I play in. And mm. I tried to create write a tango about a year ago based on a song I'd written for the band. Mm. And I, I didn't like it. Mm. <laughs> so, I just, just I didn't like it. That's hard. Uh, yeah. There are some people who, who do great stuff. And I think that's something mm. that the dance... Community in the United States is somewhat detached from mm-hmm. is a lot of what's happening in live tango music in composition that's not remotely meant for dancing. In mm-hmm. if in Buenos Aires and in other places. Uh, Astigero is, is, you know, sort of one of my favorites and Mm -hmm. does incredible stuff. Um, In this country, I think Pedro Geraldo, um, he has a new CD that was just nominated for, uh, I think a Latin Grammy came out this Mm. year called Vigor Tanguero. I think that's really interesting. Um, There are people who, who are working in the medium and uh, Diego Schisi in, mm-hmm. in Argentina as well. A lot of people, it's a very live, active world, and I think it's incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, and it's all, one of the great things about tango is there's a central sort of core of participation of everyone coming together, dancing, mm-hmm. listening to this music that goes back a hundred years, yeah. and there's also an incredible space for virtuosity of dance moves and dance performance that you would never do on the dance floor, mm-hmm. of interesting poetry if you want to pay attention to it, certainly of, of fashion um, and, and things, and then definitely of virtuosic music. You look at... You know, going back to the beginning, mm-hmm. Gardell was singing songs that weren't for the dance floor, right. and they were incredible. Yeah. Pizzola yeah. all the way through, um, and people now make incredible art, incredible new music. I am just lucky and happy when I get to, you know, play with mm-hmm. some of those people, some of those composers nice. um, who are, you know, incredible musicians.
0: All right. Great, great. Okay, so where do we find out more about the Capo Tango and uh, upcoming gigs and that sort of thing?
1: We should have a website, shouldn't we? Well, we definitely have a Facebook page. Uh, If you look for De Tango on Facebook, uh, you can find us there. That's sort of the main place. Uh, I'll send you a recording we did a little while ago of La Viruta. All right. Um, So if you want to include that in in your your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Facebook is the main place. We play around D.C. Uh, We hope to play in other places. We'll definitely be in Boston along with uh, Ben Bogart and Daniel Stein and Stratos Aquilatus. In a, a, we'll be calling it uh, orchestra. Uh, wait, wait, wait for it. Orchestra típica loca. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Apparently has never been used. We can't find. It's just mind blowing. Um, but so that'll be really fun. And yeah, keep in touch. And
0: yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. Great. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. Anything else you guys want to add?
2: No, I'm good man. Joe, thanks uh thanks so much for the for the chat. Yeah. And, that's uh,
1: yeah. I- I also would like to put in a plug for the community orchestra, uh, the, Mer- yeah, uh, the Tango do. Mercurio Community Orchestra, which I think is an incredible thing when we talk about participation and 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 experience of tango. Also, they play good tango music. I mean, that's we do like, we do <laughs> I mean, play uh, we play we play, play nice
2: tunes in that band. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and well, it's, since it's cool. since uh, since Max brought it up, we are uh, as far as we're aware, we are the longest running community orchestra in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and and maybe the longest-running community orchestra outside of Buenos Aires. All right. Perhaps. I'm not sure about that one, but I think it's true. And uh, we've got a library of about 70 tunes now, and uh, the band just keeps getting better and better and better. And um, so it's it's been my, my pleasure to be the director of that band since about
1: 2011.
2: Nice. And, um, and we don't get paid
1: at all for that. So that's no, we a don't get paid wow. at
2: all. That is a true community <laughs> orchestra. You know, everybody takes two hours out of their Tuesday night to rehearse. Mm-hmm. And uh, they play, the, the, the band plays about eight or nine times a year at, at milongas and a couple of folk music festivals. Mm-hmm. I, I started doing it because I realized that, this was probably the one opportunity anybody was ever going to give me to run a tango band, mm-hmm. and I just I fell in love with it. So you know, Tango Mercurio org is the the, okay. the the website for the for the the nonprofit that supports us. Okay. And uh, Tango Mercurio Community Orchestra on Facebook and
0: okay yeah absolutely all right. all right I'll have all that information in our show notes so people will be able to look you up. Cool cool and yeah, since we're plugging uh, there's yes also, please. Plug. Uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, Bienvenido al Tango is my live radio show here in D.C. Yeah. on Tacoma Radio, tacomaradio.org. We certainly like to uh, highlight live tango music events that are happening in the D.C. area. And uh, we we get out. Uh, Phil, my co-host, and I like to travel around and, and talk to people around the country and around the world about why they tango. And so mostly we play a lot of the tango music there um, right. and have some interesting conversations.
0: Okay. All right. Well... Thanks a lot, both of you so much for the fun conversation and yeah, let's keep in touch. Yep, thanks Joe. I miss thanks, you. Joe. I miss yeah. Madison, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, guys. Wow, what a bunch of characters. It's always fun talking to tango musicians and to hear about how their groups got started. As you could tell from the interview, there was a real sense of humility as well as a pretty big dose of self-deprecation, despite their group being quite accomplished. And after we finished recording the interview, Max, Brett, and I chatted for a little while longer, and one of the questions they asked me was, gee, why did you want to talk to us? And a big reason for that was because I wanted to focus on the mentality of constant growth and improvement that most, if not all, tango groups will tell you about. As much as we love dancing to their music at milongas, it's important to note that we're experiencing them at a particular moment in time. Their skills are going to evolve, and their sound is going to evolve, and since they're always in some sort of growth phase, part of what happens is that these groups don't feel quite as accomplished as they want to. They're still climbing, even though their fans and audiences are are loving their work. I also thought it was eye-opening how the Capotango Tango Ensemble came together in this random, organic way. The story is the same for many other bands there's no formal application process for instance there's no license required you don't have to be anointed by some special group of tango overlords what happens is a bunch of people who love tango music get together they put themselves out there they give to the listeners they give to the dancers and the journey begins and it goes to show that when you really love doing something and if you keep pursuing it despite your doubts It'll take you places, and it will open up opportunities. So thank you again, Max and Brett, for sharing your stories and for your time. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch, feel free to send an email to wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. I always love that feedback. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.